This podcast is brought to you by Ideate and Execute. Do you want to drive innovation in your organization, futurize your enterprise, ideate massively valuable new products, or execute them to market? Then contact us today at ideateandexecute.com and get started. Why listen to the past when you can listen to the future? Welcome to the Think Future Podcast, broadcasting from deep in the heart of Silicon Valley, California. We focus on innovation, startups, and the future, not necessarily those and not necessarily in that order. Here's your host. Hey, Chris. Hey, Mickey. How's it going? There's there's two of you. That's weird. Leave it to Zoom. Can you hear me? Oh, I can't hear you. Sorry. Um, so it's my workflow where I'm, I'm on Zoom the whole day, right? right? So I've got my laptop. That's the Zoom laptop. So it doesn't crash. Okay. And I've got my work laptop. So every time I, I do um, a screen share, it, it's on this laptop and not on this laptop. Okay. So you've got, you got a sophisticated setup there that I can't even imagine how that's put together. <laughs> Dude, if you can see me right now, it's not sophisticated. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I used to have three laptops, one stacked on top of each other, because I did use one laptop for video and one laptop for this and one laptop for that. And then one day I decided, you know, this is this is dumb. I'm just going to go buy a super high end gaming that's laptop. Great. That's great. And it has solved all of my problems because, you know, I started with a super thin uh, Dell because I thought I was going to do a lot of traveling. And then, of course, no one's doing any traveling. So I, f- I found this laptop and it's it's just phenomenal. Not only can you play games, but it, it can crunch a mean spreadsheet too. Well, I, I think I might be about to get my boss to splurge for a... A super duper laptop. We'll see. You got to do it, man. You got to do it, man. I, I, you can never look back. Never look back. <laughs> what are you doing? What's that? How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. The weather kind of sucks here, but you know, what are you going to do? I mean, it is what it is. I don't know what the weather's like where you are, but uh, it is It is raining. It is cold. It is wet. This is my least favorite California weather, least favorite California um, time of year. So yeah. I wish I was somewhere nice and warm and Bora Bora or, or someplace, someplace nice know, and that, warm. That whole thing about uh, grass is always greener, yeah. right? Yeah. It's, it's about 80. Oh, it's it's 80 now. It, it was nice. 84. I don't, I don't know if it's nice, man. I just, <laughs> I, I love the seasons and, and I, I can't get any seasons over here in Miami. I want zero seasons, man. I want to go somewhere where there's like beautiful all year round. I don't know. Right, I don't know right, where that is. <laughs> right, right, right. No, uh, don't know. Sorry. <laughs> on the on the international uh, space station, how's that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe there. Maybe there. It's like perfectly, <laughs> perfectly clean. <laughs> well, thanks for the invite. Thanks for this. Of Much course. Absolutely. So uh, why don't yeah. you tell me a little bit about yourself, your organization, and we'll go from there, man. Let's do it. Sure. So, um, uh, so my name is Mickey Echan, and and I work for Signature Consultants. Um, I built up the BI practice over like uh, six, seven years, and then I was able to segue into innovation. Mm-hmm. So I, I I did innovation for the last four years, and or three years, three and a half. But since December. I'm back to being the active director of um, BI. Oh, nice. Well, intelligence is always important. Only yes. It's always important to be smart. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the, 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 the pandemic has brought a lot of changes. And uh, what, are, what, what are we, if not, um, able to transition, right? So... We, we have to be flexible. We can only be flexible. So the only thing we my, can do is Yeah, my organization, um, just so you know, is, uh, hold, hold on, sorry. 
I'm trying. Oh, th there you go. My, my organization is uh, Signature Consultants, and we're a small staffing company. I say small because I know of the large staffing companies. However, this is probably the best company that I ever worked for. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've been around the block for a long time. Best company I worked for, it's, um, uh, we've been one of the best staffing firms to work for nine years in a row. We're 15 largest IT staffing company, um, one of the hundred fastest growing. And we, we actually placed 125 as a, a training uh, organization. Nice. Uh, it's, it's, and if, if I could, if I could uh, mind meld with you about how all these things transition, you would say, what, really? <laughs> because it, it is completely an organic way for, for growing. So it's, mm -hmm. it's pretty amazing. Um, but me as, a, as an individual, I'm, I'm really, I, I guess, upbringing, family, uh, faith, whatever. I'm, I'm really passionate about, about using my time and talent to, to help make life happier mm -hmm. for, for, for those I come in contact with, for my family, for my community. Um, uh, that, that's what gets me um, out of bed every day, right? It, it, it's pretty clear to me that there's not enough effort put in that area. So I'm going there. Make, make, making people happy? Of course, nobody thinks about that. I think nobody thinks about that. They just think about making a buck. They need yeah. to think about making people happy first, and then the money yeah. will follow. And that's one of the things that sort of drew me to Silicon Valley originally. I mean, it's not like that now. It used to be like that. It used to be like, we're going to make a dent in the universe. We're going to change the world. We're going to make people right? so incredibly happy. They're going to just like, they're going to throw, be throwing money at us. But no kidding. It, what happened, man? <laughs> <laughs> VCs, man, did, I don't know, money grubbing, I don't know. <laughs> where did all that idealism go? Uh, <laughs> I know, it's, it's, it's gone. Maybe it moved to Austin. I don't know. Everybody seems to be moving to Austin. I don't know. Maybe that's the case. Well, uh, our, our, our mayor uh, in Miami is, is trying to draw folks from Austin and, and California. And, yeah. you know, um, good luck with that. God bless them. Well, Miami's a cool place. I remember the last time I went there, I was actually speaking at a at a conference, SIME, SIME, I think it was sure, called, sure. and uh, we were doing like a, a, a um, what was it like it was like a brain trust of CTOs. So I was part of a CTO. Uh, I was a CTO at a company at the time, and we we went to it was the art district, and they had yep, some yep. some event there, and it was it was really cool. And I get to meet a lot of really interesting people. Like you remember Yoni Park, who's she escaped uh, North oh, Korea. Yes. Sure. And uh, I got to meet her there and really, really cool people, really, really cool place. And I don't even know what's what it's like right now. That was a, that was a while back. But there's lots of cool stuff happening in Miami. I don't see why it couldn't be like a tech mecca, too. It, I, I'm, I'm thinking that it first became a, uh, a draw for everything Latin America. Right. Mm -hmm. So you've got Sony, you've got um, Apple, Microsoft and all those guys really um heated up the market here for Latin America, drawing mm -hmm. a lot of talent. And now that we've got that, uh, it, it, it seems like a really good transition to be a, a player. Um, there's a lot to be said about, about culturally diverse. Yeah. And um, it's okay. My, my nephew actually works with Google and, and he does these um, um, workshops on, f with founders, founders of startups. Yeah. And they did one in Miami, and I, it was it was amazing um, that these people came from all over Brazil, Argentina, all, all over the place. Yeah, well, that's the thing. That's the th that's the one thing. I mean, you think about COVID being such a negative thing, but it's actually been a positive thing in a lot of ways. Is that people can now you know live and work anywhere that they want. They don't necessarily need to gravitate to these hubs where the the, the real estate is ridiculously expensive. And you know might not be, not be as, as culturally diverse as you're as you're mentioning. And of course, you can't really get good Cuban sandwiches around here. You have to go to Miami for that. Right? <laughs> it's the only place. <laughs> I need to find some for you, or uh, at, at least maybe a recipe or two. Yeah, exactly. 
So yeah. no, that's one of the things that I mean, I think um, I forget who it was, but the guy who founded AOL, he wrote a he wrote a book on this. He says, like the rise of the rest, I think he called it, where, uh, you know, Silicon Valley has always been, you know, touted as the, you know, the place to go. But, you know, slowly but surely, all these other places are starting to to, uh, you know, really shine. And especially with this particular thing, it's basically the disruption is driving people out so that they can go and live wherever they want. And I think that's that's only good for for innovation and technology and where things are going because people get new perspectives. Right. Uh, well, that's the point, right? New perspective, yeah. the in, the injection of other people's outlook and views that really spur um, innovation, creativity, and and whatnot. And you have to mix it up. You, I mean, it it, it probably was really a, a a mixed bed in in Silicon Valley a while back, but over time. Everybody says yes. Oh yeah, it's totally homogenized now. It's totally before you know it. Oh no, no, this is the way we do it. Like yeah, I mean this is the way we do it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's why I'm thinking I'm about nothing. But I don't know. Maybe, who knows? Maybe. <laughs> I have a friend of mine who lives up the coast from you, and he's like, "Come to Florida. It's great." <laughs> it is incredibly. Um, there's a there's so much opportunity. Um, well, there's a pretty good eco, uh, innovation ecosystem there, right? I mean, if I were a startup founder, I would love to move to Miami. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. Um, there are some things, though, that uh, about Miami that I, I would love to see more of, i.e. I. Miamians going out and finding the best, the best and bringing it back. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, they get too creative and... Uh, they don't realize that uh, there are people out there that have spent so much time in, for example, um, lean, lean practice, right? Mm. You, you, you can't get that here. You need to go out to find out what it really means, what it means to founders, what it means to startups, and then bring it back and then morph it, make it yep. your own. Same with music, same with food, same with everything. Yeah. Well, I think it has to be that you have to take that, like you're saying, there's this, there's this sort of mashup of influences, right? You can't just take a look, you know, look at this monolithic thing and go, this is it. And in fact, the more people move around from place to place, I think the more of this diversity happens. I think, and it's, it's, you can't really innovate unless you've got this set of diversity. If you get a bunch of people thinking the same thing in the same room, you're going to come up with new ideas. So I I think that, when, when I look at innovation, it, it's really a matter of, for, for me, it's, it's a cycle of um, listening, communicating, learning, experimenting, and then mentoring and, and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. I'm, I'm assuming that when you're innovating, you have a really fertile area to, 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 to innovate, just like, just like gardening, right? Mm-hmm. What happens though is that people get too homogenous in an organization and people start saying the same thing, but that might not be the issue at hand. Yeah. Right. You might have to dig either dig deeper, which means that maybe instead of talking to the vice president, you got to talk to the admin. Mm-hmm. Maybe you gotta instead talk to of everybody. Yeah. Yeah. You, you gotta, you gotta dig deep. Don't, don't count on um, the leaders to provide uh, the context for why there's issues, and and then uh, and which which is something that what I that I faced in transitioning to my my job as uh, director of innovation, um, and I think they allowed me to do it because they 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 thought I always go left, <laughs> <laughs> like okay okay. So might say, okay, okay, here's what we're going to do, this big project, blah, 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 and we're going to go this way. Great. <laughs> well, what, what, what are you doing? Well, see, yeah. uh, you know, stepping stones, uh, listening, it's driving me to a different direction, and I think this direction might get us there faster or might get us there more. We, we might come up with a more accurate rendition of the problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And therefore, come up with a better solution, which is always the the issue with innovation, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I think the biggest thing too is that um, there's this there's this 
uh, conflict between people who just want to push forward and do new things and what people actually want. Right. Because you've got you've got these sometimes you have innovators who are like, oh, we're going to do this cool new thing, this cool new thing, this cool new thing. But then they don't really think about what the customer is looking for. So there's there's this divergence. Right. Can I can I show you a, a little quick chart of my yeah, of innovation course. portfolio before and after COVID? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Go for it. It's, it's, it's a little it's a little nuts. Um, one second. And I, I it just really hit me uh, this this morning when I was preparing. So here's my here's my innovation 2019 into 2000 into 2020. Mm -hmm. Let me pause a little bit. The, by the way, this this how I kind of map my my interests, existing versus non-existent, and then mm -hmm. fix improve dream. Right. Right. This was my this was my portfolio. Mm -hmm. Heavy on the dream side down here. Yeah. And on the improved side over here with not a, lot of, not a lot of fix, not a lot of dream for the existing. And part of that was like the presence of other teams that were doing the same thing. So I didn't want to bother them. Like my, the, BA t the BI team at that time was doing a lot of uh, fixing and, and all that. But here's what, this oh, is man. 2020 into 2021. <laughs> Just now, a little different. Just a little bit, um, but but I, I tell you, the the reason for that is really um, back to this thing about listening, communicating, learning, and experimenting and mentoring. Everybody was freaking out in their own way, and I I we we had to listen, and we went from a how best you deliver a good consultant to the client versus broadening our client base, which was the issue in, in, in the pandemic. How do mm -hmm. you broaden your client base when all of a sudden the jobs just kind of shrink, right? And, yeah. and so that's, that's why this went to that easily. Yeah. But the, the cool thing is that... Um, I think innovation allowed my innovation allowed my my CIO and myself to really um, jam better. Mm -hmm. He's he's a very very straightforward guy. Sometimes I think he's very linear, which is which is not a, a problem for a CIO because right you, that that's it's it's part of your role. Um, but we used to clash a lot in the beginning and. And um, but and and I too I was I was quite arrogant in in the beginning when when I started to to think about innovation and um, I wanted to push the the topic of innovation and dreaming outside the box but but I realized that hey we're in we're not in a bubble we're actually in an organization living breathing organization and that whole thing about um, really focusing on people's happiness came to mind that, hey, I, sh I should really be, if I, if I spout this in my personal life, I should be bringing this into my work life. Yeah. Right? And hence, um, my audience, uh, well, uh, do you mind if I jump back and forth? Is that, is that cool? No. Jump away. Jump oh, away. Okay. Sorry about this. Um, Fine. So this is my, this is my planning for, for wins. Wins for me, became, after about three, four years in the company, I realized that for me to, to make an impact, uh, I, I had to plan the wins. And this is how I planned it. You know, near term, within one quarter, within two quarters, within three to six quarters, and then the different audiences that, that I had to um, uh, work with, um, whether it was... Uh, the founder, the leadership, um, the, the, the key directors, the, the key managers, all the way to the, the admin, the admins group, you know? Uh, and I realized that, <laughs> and sometimes like making the admins happy improved the functioning of a particular office or business unit. Oh, yeah. 
I can see and, that. And minimize the, the, the anxieties all, all around. Because mm-hmm. not only were they doing their jobs, they were getting more creative. You know? yeah. So this wins planning really helped me a lot. And, um, and every time I planned my wins, I would have the conversation with my, with my CIO. And, 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 and he, he would say, but, well, I, I sit, innovation sits right beside infrastructure and right beside BI and, and the infrastructure, which has the biggest budget, right? They're linear, completely mm-hmm. linear, mm-hmm. version mm-hmm. one to version two, version three to, to version four and all that. Yeah. So my, my, my boss is, 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 was having a difficulty of my hopscotching. Mm. And I would tell him that what it boils down to is, is that we need to create some sort of a different work cycle, you know, where um, I, I'm not I sure that I was. Graphic, you, by you the like way. That? I love it. Like that? <laughs> I love I, this graphic, by the way. It's yours, man. It's yours. You can use it. I'll, I'll send it to you. I, this is one of the, um, I, I try to post stuff on LinkedIn as much as I can, but sometimes I can't. And this is something I came up with that this is my day, you know? Mm-hmm. So I've been, I've been pushing this now to the, to the different teams that I get involved in. Um, oh, the funny thing is that they, when, when, I, when I got into innovation, it was um, uh, director, uh, innovation director and not director of innovation. I said, well, what's the difference? Oh, because you don't have any people um, um, <laughs> under you. Like, oh, okay. you're directing innovation. You're not directing <laughs> innovators, right? I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that. This, this is part of reality. This, this is part of life. But the whole point about my job. So as far as I'm concerned, joy is always at the center. And my day starts off with, with gratitude, trying to set a perspective and trying to define what my job is. By, by the way, that allowed me to switch my portfolio right after COVID, right? Mm-hmm. Right after COVID hit. If you're, if, you're not, if you're not aware of asking yourself what my job is, yeah. you're stuck back in the past, which means yeah. your innovation probably will never hit a bullseye. Yeah. Right. No, I love I love that you have what is my job here, and this is like a daily thing, really. It's, it's, a, a, it's a daily thing. Things change so quickly that what is my job? The answer to that question changes all the time. It changes during the course of a day, right? Is a hundred percent my daily mantra. Yeah. Um, which, at the end of the day, it's it's got to go back to gratitude. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, <laughs> I don't know about you but I don't sleep well. <laughs> if I don't come back to that, to that circle, I, I don't sleep well. For those of us who were, so those of you who are listening and not watching, you have to go to the YouTube channel to see this, but it's a gratitude, perspective, what is my job, collaboration and inspiration or inspire and with joy in the center. So you start with gratitude every day and then you go round the cycle. Is that right? Right. And then does this go, do you do that, you know, you do this every day and do you do it over the course of the day or do you do it at the beginning of the day or actually uh i I start with gratitude at the beginning of the day and and define what my job is and then yesterday i had i don't know about you yesterday i had 11 zoom meetings yesterday (laughs) right and each meeting yeah well thank you covid each (laughs) each meeting each meeting we we play a different part in mm-hmm. each meeting, in each interaction with an individual or a team, we're, we're playing a different part. So what my job is will change. And therefore, my, my style of collaborating will change. I'm either quiet. I'm sometimes the note taker. I'm sometimes the what, what I call the silent professor. You're waiting for when your voice of reason is, is important. Or there's too much silence and there's too much waterfall. And you need to introduce some disruption yeah. in the conversation because you know that people are not going to go anywhere, you know, yeah. And, yeah. and not only that, that's, but at the end exactly of this meeting, right. who, I'm sorry. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. right. You know, some people think that they have, they have to have the same roles every meeting, every time, every day, yeah. the, yeah. your roles change constantly from interaction to interaction, depending on who's in the room. Yeah. I, I think, 
I think I took after my dad. My dad, um, God rest his soul, he, he's, he's been gone now for a while. He, uh, when, I was a, when I was a high school, when I was in high school, my dad took me to this one resort town in the Philippines where, where I grew up in Manila, uh, up into the mountains. And he says, uh, we, we got to go. Um, my company is sponsoring this guy. He said, well, who got, which guy is this? His name is Michael Porter. I think his name is Michael Porter. Michael, Michael Porter, I think, was... I was just watching a video of his the other day. Go on. From, from, uh, from formerly from Disney? Yeah. Yeah. And I said, well, what, what's the big deal about him? I was in high school. I didn't know, right? By the way, this is my dad. Um, nice. I was in... Yeah, I was in high school and he says, well, this guy is telling us that instead of trying to bust through the wall to try to solve a problem, you want to know if you can go over the wall or around the wall. You, you need to be creative is, is what. Mm. And my dad was so enthused about it. And, and you know, the, the guy was just, my dad was a CPA and a CFO. I didn't think a CPA and CFO was going to be this enthused. But yeah, he was. His side job because in the Philippines, his side job was managing a basketball team. Because in the Philippines, nice. all the basketball teams are, 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 are sponsored by private companies. Mm-hmm. And he loved the guys. And, and I remember growing up on the bench right beside him, you know, getting sprayed with sweat as guys were coming in and out. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, he was in, 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 an, in a... Um, um, amateur league and then he says you know we this this is not good enough you know a lot of the other countries are are trying to bring in other players from other countries so that they can get better Mm -hmm. i i think this is the one thing i remember i'm sure that's not the only reason so he and his buddies and this picture on the lower right is when they uh when the president of the philippines at the time marcos signed into law the beginning of the uh the philippine basketball association which is a professional association wow fantastic of, and it was my dad and his buddies that put together that whole concept on the on the lower left uh i believe that's when they were in um either the munich games in the 60s or in tokyo games mm-hmm. in the 60s and that's mom up up there. So he was my he, he was my biggest mentor in terms of joy and and how you get there. And and so I, I think I just I just picked it up from him. That's a great picture, by the way. That's Thank a fantastic you. picture. <laughs> Thank you. I love that. Yeah. Well, you know, it's uh, I, I get to I get to be non uh, conventional when I'm with you, Chris. That's good. That's good. How are we doing on time? Are we okay? Oh, we're doing fine. Fine. Don't worry. We're we're doing great. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not worried. <laughs> so 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 tell me about some of the things that you learned this day. Like you've already taught us a lot just in just in that one slide. I love that slide. But like, tell me, tell other like there's other corporate innovators out there who are struggling, struggling to innovate within their organizations. Tell you know impart some knowledge tell us what worked for you and what worked for what will work for them in addition to what you've already done right um so i i didn't start i did not start in innovation right in fact i'm, yes. <laughs> I'm yeah, thank you um by by education i'm um i've got a, a bachelor's in in industrial engineering and um but and, and then i came to the states in 79 to uh, finished my master's in, in uh, business administration in New York. And then from there, I got whatever jobs I could get, which is not as, uh, as diverse as if, if I were born and raised in the U.S. So I, I kind of needed to s- scrape through uh, whatever barriers and, and try to get meaningful jobs. So I, I went through a, a whole bunch. I didn't realize that by going through a whole bunch that I would learn stuff. Yeah. I did. Yeah. That helps build so, character. I mean, it helps build character. It helps build problem solving skills. It builds, it builds a ton. Yeah. 
And I, I would say, first of all, I, I, I try to mentor also um, young adults here in, in Miami. I'm, I'm part of a, I'm Catholic, so I'm part of the church, but I do reach out to young adult groups um, in different parishes um, and I, I mentor them. I, I also participate in their faith formation. So, but the, be the best thing I'm, 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 I'm at, I think, is letting them expand their brain as to what else can they do, where can they go, that they're not limited based on the experiences that they have or their family has and all that. At the same time, I, I tell them, hey, this is not the only job you're gonna have, right? This is yeah. not the only company you're gonna work for. Yeah. This is not the only girlfriend you're gonna have. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, which, actually, that's true. I remember telling my son that <laughs> I had to explain to him what good I meant. advice. Very good advice. I, I I was listening to this guy. Uh, he's a he's an Appalachian writer, and and he passed away. and And he says, the only difference between youth and 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 us old folks is the fact that youth do not have the experience of life changing and transitioning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hence, their expectations are a little different. Mm -hmm. uh, so, what? So, when I transitioned, uh, I realized I needed to get my brain clear of all the muck of programming, mm -hmm. business intelligence, uh, SQL, Tableau, uh, you know, whatever. I had to get my brain out of that. And I was having problems. So I looked and I did some research, which I, I love research, especially mm -hmm. for those of us who transition from manual research into, <laughs> into online research. You realize yeah. there comes the gratitude again. I think, thank you for the, for the online research. I don't have to go to the public library anymore. I don't have to go to University of Miami Library or, 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 or whatever. And and in that research, I found that, hey, um, you know, they said lean approach is really the best way to go right now and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, we're not even in agile. Hmm. <laughs> the company's not even in agile. Why, why, should, why should I worry about lean? And I saw this guy who's a lean practitioner. And I'll, I'll share with you his, his, his stuff after. And then it's up to you whether you want to post it or not. And then he was having a workshop in Austin, speaking of mm -hmm. Austin. Nice. So after, after about 12 months of trying to be the innovator and not really going away anywhere, I was able to talk my boss into getting, allowing me to go to Austin for this completely nonsensical workshop. <laughs> I had nothing, I had nothing to do with our company. <laughs> you thought it had nothing to do with your company. No, they thought. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I was in a room with eight founders mm. who needed to understand the lean approach to doing their product and market development. Some of them were so small that you know their only their only capital was uh, family capital, literally. Right middle-class family capital. Right. And some of them are huge mm -hmm. because they already had first round, second round. They were yeah. all there. And this guy, first, first of all, I had never seen anybody do a one-day seminar with 250 slides. Cool. But he did it and mm -hmm. actually made sense, you know. <laughs> but that's separate. <laughs> I digress. It was a two-day seminar. I stepped away from that with my brain all scrambled, mm. right? Because I was with these young guys who were like, they could be my sons. And we were talking about stuff that, like, how do I put this into practice? So I approached the, the, this practitioner and I said, I understand where you're going with this, but what should I do with the information that you just gave me? And he looks at me and he says, well, well, tell me more. 
a little bit more, and this was over a beer. He said, tell me a little bit more about your company. And I did. I said, oh, so you're, you're kind of like one of the founders. Well, I'm not because I'm an employee. No, no, no. You're one of the founders of the innovation business yeah. in your company. And not only are you one of the founders, but you have even less capital to start with mm. than the other folks. So you really have to be super efficient with your capital, meaning your time, your talent, and, and the, of course, the paycheck that they're giving you. Yeah. How are you going to do that? You, fo- you follow the lean approach. Mm-hmm. You iterate. You, you look at, you, you try to define your MVP. And if you go back into the presentations, I said, oh, so this is, after I, after I got back from, from there, um, this is what I came up with. You, you start with requests then I, I have to go through an ideation stage. And then I interview the heck out of everybody mm-hmm. up and down. Then I do research and then I do analysis. Then I do a proof of concept, a pilot integration. And some of these two, three steps are actually iterations, 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 iterations. But what I learned from this workshop was that forget the waterfall approach. Yeah. If you need to, if you need to iterate within one week, you got to do it. Yeah. Don't wait until you think it's the best. And, and this guy had a lot of great examples. And that's how I did 22 projects in four years. Nice. W- without a team. <laughs> <laughs> You're the leanest startup ever. <laughs> it's like <laughs> zero. That, yeah, I, I think... <laughs> I think it's because we also do not have our um, uh, what do you call that capital that where it's 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 based on how, all the projects that you've done. The only capital I had was was our our BI environment that I stood up. Right. That's the only capital I had. Right. Yeah. So you're going you're going and you're trying to get these people who are very fixed in their ways to go through ideation, and they're saying basically. I already told you what I wanted. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's almost impossible. And especially when people are like, you, you try to draw them out of their day to day so that they can think about other things. And it's almost impossible to pull them, to pull them out of that because they're just stuck in this, in this cycle of what they're doing, as opposed to thinking outside of what they're doing. So this, these three mm-hmm. ideation interviews and research and the results of the research they had to be epic. Yeah. But epic within a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Okay. So trying to learn how to do that, trying to come up with your workflow in order to get epic within two to three weeks to get back in front of the stakeholder uh, or the sponsor and, and the sponsor real fast and then to shock them with what you've learned. Mm-hmm. So I had past capital with my BI. I created a workflow that worked because I, I love research anyway. And I, I love trying to put like these, like, you know, some of these other charts, like, right? So you're, you're trying to get a message in such a very, very pristine, clear, simple way. I love yeah. doing that. And I love to be able to shock people because of that. Mm-hmm. And once they get shocked, they start to listen. Hence, yeah. after they start to listen, then the analysis leads, it's all stepping stone. The mm-hmm. analysis leads to a request for a proof of concept. And then with the proof of concept, then uh, everybody's bought in. Yeah. You know, but even. Even sometimes, Chris, of the 22 projects, there was a bunch of failures, right? Oh, there's always failures, but you have to learn, you learn from those. You celebrate those. Hence, within about six months, 
people started using the, the, the word that nobody used before. And that word is experiment. <laughs> nobody used it ever before because that word had a connotation of wasting money. Right. Exactly. But, be but because of that workflow and responding really fast and shocking them with the results, they started to realize that experimentation was the only way to go in our, and hence 22 or 23 projects in that amount of time um, was like a light bulb that went ding. Yeah. Not that, not that, not that it was, well, and I, I, I'm, I'm not, um, I, I'm also not very flamboyant. So I, I tend to be a wallflower. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I'm, I'm the only, I'm one of the few Asians in the, in, in the group, mm -hmm. not saying that that's bad. I'm just saying, you know, I, I don't, and I, I don't speak sports. <laughs> well, I mean, you were able to get 22 projects going, even being an introvert. Yep. And, so, and, and how did you do that? I mean, how, do, how would you pitch these things? Did you, I mean, Oh, uh, that, that was that was kind of easy. Um, I, I've got a really great chiropractor, great guy, <laughs> right? I, I, I bring so many people to him, including my family. And the first thing he does is find the pain points, mm. not the pain points that you know, the pain points that you don't know. Right. That kind of identify where it's really coming from. So I, I developed because of the ideation the, um, the ideation, the, the interviews, I was able to spot the pain points that was not very apparent. Mm. And they didn't, they didn't realize it. They thought, especially if you're a VP, your pain point is the, is the important pain point. Yeah. But when you get a bunch of managers together and you start talking about pain points, you realize that pain point, like, like tension headache from over here is really caused by, by, down here and, and uh, anyway, sorry, I digress. But the, the point is you gotta, you gotta be really good at identifying the pain points. And the only way to do that is communication, listening, talking, learning. And so you can't be afraid to talk to people. Otherwise you're in the wrong business. Yeah. Yeah, because I think a lot of people do that. They're, they're just like, especially startup founders, they're like, okay, this is my idea. This is a great idea. I'm just going to move forward with it, with it without actually talking to anybody or seeing if anybody's interested in it or it, it solves a problem. If it doesn't solve a problem, then people aren't going to care, right? So you have to get out there and talk to people. And the thing is, there's a lot of startups who are very, in it, very um, uh, introverted, right? Yes. They won't go out there and talk to people. And but they think that they've got a great solution. Exactly. Even though they haven't defined the problem. Yeah. And it's funny because if you think about it, design thinking is, is that like design thinking, the whole concept of design thinking is get into your customers' heads and deeply understand what they need. Yeah. You have to yeah. ask questions to do that. And th this whole thing about experimentation, right? Experimentation. Okay. Well, you're going to experiment, but, but then how do you know that experiment went good? Well, who's your stakeholder, who you're talking to, are you, going, are you getting feedback? Are you, are you doing polling and, and stuff like that? And then how do you, and this, this happened in that, in that workshop, how do you pick who you're going to put your experiment in front of? Right. You got to put your experiment in front of the person or persons that are most honest and that are willing to tell you exactly what they think. Exactly. Because there's a lot of people who are going to be like, oh, I'm going to be nice. I'm not going to tell. Oh, this is great. This is great. <laughs> no, 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 no. Eh, wrong. Right. Hey, how about we, how about we, we, we use the, we use this particular business unit as the, um, as a proof of concept for the, eh, no, <laughs> no, because they're, they're yes, yes, yes. And then when you go to production, they never yeah. use it. That's right. No, That's right. sorry. Sorry, sorry. I want that quiet person that is going to say, no, don't have time for that. 
Yeah. That's what I want. Yeah. You want somebody to push back. Yeah. You got to be active. Yeah. So going back to that whole circle, you know, that of, of that, that joy, the gratitude, uh, and then, and then asking yourself what my job is and then, and then collaborating. That's, that's literally the workflow for really successful innovation. Mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah. I, 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 I'm, sh- I'm sure other people will, will say, eh, whatever, <laughs> whatever that guy thinks. Who, who's that guy? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, let me ask you something. So how do you get people, how do you convince people that happiness is the goal and not just lining your bank account? I, I, I started um, this uh, vlog or podcast with I, I love this company mm-hmm. this company actually has happiness in its value system so it, it was a shoe in that I didn't have to explain that one of my key motivators is understanding people's pain and trying to innovate to address that pain. Yeah. Um, so, and then in, in my personal life, um, it's not always easy. I've got a lot of friends and, and family members who say happiness is really about accumulation. Mm. I said, I, 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 I just say, when you're ready to give me some good examples, let me know. Because I haven't found one. Yeah. Not one. You know, so, um, and at the end of the day, uh, when I look at the young people that are are coming up, um, whether they're in high school, in college, or in their first job or second job, by the way, uh, the average age in our company, we only have about 580, 590 internal employees. And we got a, a whole bunch of consultants. But internal average age is, my, my guess, it's probably about 30, 32. Mm-hmm. So a, a lot of young folks. And um, I just realized that I, I haven't called the people I'm supposed to mentor. <laughs> Man, this... This podcast is not good for me, man. Anyway, so <laughs> don't worry. So, don't worry. We're almost done. We're doing good. When, when we, when we, when I talk to them, understanding their anxiety. Number one, it's not easy. Number two, uh, they don't necessarily want to talk about it. Um, but I, I think that's why one has to be genuine. You know, you can't use it as a tactic. Mm. That, that really doesn't work. It might get you one or two projects, but unless you're genuinely interested in helping, um, they'll see through it real, real quick. Um, this big company that we work with, one of our big line of business applications, uh, the, the, somebody was brought in as director of innovation and it, it was literally two months and the guy was gone. I'm like, oh, wow. what happened? Oh, I, I did meet the guy. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, not a a problem. Being genuine, uh, understanding what your job is, really, really wanting, wanting that job, even though your job changes uh, with every Zoom meeting and job changes every day. uh, It changes in the beginning of the quarter, at the end of the quarter, um, you know, before COVID, after COVID, your job constantly changes. But I think your motivation has got to stay on the path. Whatever that motivation is, you got to just keep with it. If it doesn't work for you, change it. Yeah, you know, change it. Change it. Yeah, and, you, and you're totally in control of that. You're completely in control of it. That's and the I, only thing you control. The interesting thing that you said there, though, is like, I mean, your company is in line with your values, right? But there's plenty of people out there whose company is not in line with their values. So what should they do? Should they try to change their company to line up with their values? Should they try to change their values to line up their, their company? Or should they go and find a company that matches their values? When, when, a, when, a, 
when a person is, is, in, is in an organization that isn't aligned to their values, then that tells me that it's, it's a prime opportunity to experiment and experience and learn. Mm-hmm. And definitely it's not gonna be long-term unless you like uh, anxiety um, and neurosis because that's what you're gonna get, you know, <laughs> long-term. I mean, really. Um, and, and by the way, it's, it's, a, it's, it's like a virus, right? Because yeah. then you pass it on to the whole family. I mean, on right. and on. I, you I go digress. On, kick your cat. <laughs> we, so, don't want, we don't want that. We don't want that. I have a I have a nephew that was out. Um, I, I had a nephew that was a star player for lacrosse in high school. Mm-hmm. He couldn't finish because um, nobody could pay his tuition. He got yanked out because and other things he couldn't go to school. He was out on the street. But he was kind of like, um, but his me- his head was kind of messed up, right? And then he he got back into college, and as a family, we we helped him. And sure enough, this guy is so brilliant mm. that he he t- latched on to sales and marketing, and he taught himself three times the amount of understanding in in. In, um, in online sales and marketing that the university could have ever taught him. So he was ramping up really fast, so much so that he left the university and started a, con- a consulting job. Nice. But he realized the consulting job was wearing him down because it was taking so much effort, including billing and all that stuff. And he was in his 20s, actually 20. Mm-hmm. We had a sit-down lunch. And I said, how are you doing? And blah, blah, blah. And, and, and I, I knew he was very excited, but at the same time, he was, he was, really, he was looking for a job and what, what kind of job should I, should I get and all that. And I said, listen, whatever job comes your way, realize one thing. You're in a perfect place to experiment. Mm-hmm. What are you going to experiment? You're going to experiment on your own values mapping it against the company's values on your own skill set, mapping it against the skill set that they expect you to have. You're going to, you're going to experiment. Now, if I tweak my, my skill set this way, what does it do? If I work more, what does it do? If I work less, what does it do? If I improve my communication, what does that do? If I am less prideful and less brash, what does that do? Mm-hmm. Experiment learn from your experimentation that's the only thing that you can assure yourself job to job that will continue to grow you and i i say we're human beings if we're not open to experimentation in our own lives we'll never get to the point of happiness yeah that we all we all should be going for that's that's the ring fantastic Enjoy. i love that yeah. i love that Thanks, so man. Tell me about the future. Where do you think we're going to be in 10 years? Ah. <laughs> ah. In, in 10 years, the only people that will be working in organizations are people who have accepted the fact that they need each other. Hmm. The only people not working in organizations who are starting up their own organizations are people who have grabbed on to the fact that they can experiment and they can go further and apply their talent and time to being creative. There will always be organizations, startups, there will always be that. And I think that whoever learns the fastest, whoever learns the fastest, will get to that point of happiness and joy much faster. Mm-hmm. Learning, mm-hmm. learning is now for me, what I've seen, learning is the biggest um, advantage that yeah. one can bring to your job. Yeah. Learn. 
learn how you're doing, learn what other people feel, learn what other people need, um, learn what kind of what kind of tools of the trade you need to grab onto, and more importantly, learn what makes you get up in the morning. Yeah. Um, so learning is the key tool, and that learning will allow people to work within an organization and work as founders outside of an organization and continue to be creative. I think that people are going to go beyond and not even worry about retirement. That's, mm. that's one thing. Cause they don't have to, if they can balance their life, not their work and their life, their life, if they can balance their life, then you, you, you continue working because working is not working is, is, is really um, living. Yep. You know, creating is, is living. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I think that, that that's, a, that's another thing that's going to go away, I, I believe. Um, and, then, and then lastly, um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm expectant that there will be more and more and more people willing to mentor other people mm. in the future. As far as jobs go, eh. Jobs are jobs. You know, no, I think you're absolutely right. I think you're absolutely right. That was fantastic. Wait, Chris, who wants, who wants to talk about a job? Talk about your experience. Exactly. Right? Talk about your life. It's your yeah, life. Your it's life. not just work. You know, work and life, they're, they're interchangeable now. Yeah. They're interchangeable. And, 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 and don't always assume that because Silicon Valley started with the best entrepreneurs and the best creative minds and all that, that there's still that. You can tell that things change, that go, they go in cycles. You can tell yeah. it. And yeah. by the way, that's the adult speaking to the young one that has not experienced life's changes. That's right. <laughs> but you know what? Why don't they listen to us, man? Why don't they listen to us? <laughs> oh, you're having that too? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna share one last thing. I'm gonna share one last thing. My 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 boy loves video games and and um, he's he's on track to become a physician's assistant. Nice video games, physician's assistant. He he doesn't like working in between. <laughs> one time, something happened. And he needed some cash. Right. And he's not good at saving. And so I said, hey, um, you know, I'll set you up with something like a like Robin Hood. Yeah, bah, yeah, yeah. Bah, 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 bah. I was like, OK, this month, you're 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 what, what the amount I'm going to give you, I'm going to put half in Robin Hood. And the only way you're going to get it is if you make money. Mm-hmm. I'm now bombarded with so many market movements and this and that. I said, where did you get the ability to, to read all this stuff? He says, I don't know. Where do you get the ability to coalesce all this information? I don't know. I said, I know where. It's your video gaming. Mm. Your call of duty is allowing you to process tons of information at the same time in order for you to decide, I'm going to go here, shoot that person and this and that and this and that and this and that. He said, no, that's impossible. No, it's not. Your training, your brain is being trained. Yeah. And, And now you're using it. And he's like, he's happy as a clam. You know, we need to mentor. We need to like pull things out of other people. Yeah. And by doing that, we learn ourselves. So it's, it's just, it's just a, a great way to live, man. Yeah. Well, I've always believed that video games do uh, help you build problem solving skills and problem solving skills. If you ask me is like the number one skill that you need to have. If you have that, you can pretty much learn everything else after that. So. True that Chris. Man, this is great. So I love talking with you. This is fantastic. Um, co- contact information, like you're just going to send it to me and I'll put it in the show notes? Or is I'll, it, I'll send it to you. you yeah, I'll send it to you. I'm, okay. I'm in LinkedIn. I'll send it to you. No worries. 
Very cool. All right, man. I'll send Great you some of my, my charts as well. All right. Many, many Take times. Care. Talk Chris. to you later. Take care. Bye. Bye.